0: Before you experience the world-class quality in store, see fresh inventory updates and limited-time specials at the Blademan's Facebook page. Some inventory, unique colors and new styles only stay in stock for a day or two. So, be in the know and update your knife collection the smart
1: way. Follow Blademan's today.
0: As always, 10% discount for police and military and on-site sharpening service. Join the community of premium blade buffs at Blademan's Facebook and Instagram today. This is Ralph. And Dusty from Anderson Heating and Air Conditioning. Your local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Proud to serve our community with old school professionalism and honesty while also providing modern solutions and performance that your family can depend on. And Anderson is here for you with fast 24-7 service and no overtime fees. Because your emergency is our emergency. And the last thing you should have to worry about is being left out in the cold by extra fees. Anderson Heating and Air Conditioning, your American Standard Dealer.
2: fly. What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids
3: are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org.
2: What do we keep in the attic? (laughs) What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back. When your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain. And you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding onto unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Patches or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov/drugdisposal.
1: Broadcasting live from the Masters Heating and Cooling studios. This is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Fan. <laughs> It's an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host Justin Kenny.
3: Welcome in everyone to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny, back after a long holiday hiatus, but we're here talking area high school basketball and area high school football. Even maybe a touch later. But a lot to get to over the next hour or so. Here in just a couple seconds, we'll talk to Bryce Vance of KPC Media Group and catch up on what's been going on in the Northeast Corner Conference as well as the NE8 on both the girls' and boys' side. Also coming up in this hour, Chris Johnson, head basketball coach for the Homestead Spartans. We'll see. uh, We'll talk to Coach Johnson, see where his team is at uh, right now as we get back into the SAC season tomorrow with the traditional girls boys doubleheaders in the sac and then we'll also talk to head coach john Bodie of central noble as we'll talk connor Assisi and logan guard and the, and the whole crew up at central noble again still ranked as the top team in class 2a by the associated press but let's jump right into it with our pal bryce vance kpc media group joining us on the line bryce how are you
4: i'm doing great justin How are you
3: good good holiday season
4: um despite being in quarantine for about two weeks um everything else was was pretty good
3: excellent did you did you feel any ill effects did you ever have the rona
4: um i mean i tested positive but symptoms were were minimal they're manageable so um, overall wasn't too bad still ended up being able to see family after the quarantine was over so still a, a good overall holiday
3: Excellent, Bryce. Let's talk. Let's start in the Northeast 8 Conference, and we look at uh, Columbia City and Belmont tied atop the uh, the uh, Northeast 8. They will face off. Interestingly enough, potentially tomorrow. Uh, What should we expect in that game? As Columbia City, 15 and 0, right now, a team that's been absolutely rolling.
4: I think we should be watching for the pace in that game. Um, because I know Columbia City likes to, you know, try to turn you over, um, force a lot of turnovers, um, and, and play a quick up and up and down type of game. Um, and, and they have, you know, the athletes to do that for for four quarters. Um, and I, I believe Belmont, um, and maybe they won't be able to hang with that pace, or if they can try to control that pace um, as much as possible to give themselves a chance. Um, I, I think that would be the best bet because Columbia City and what they have um, as far as talent-wise and being able to play a whole bunch of different styles on, on offense and move the ball and get the ball to different people um, and be effective, I think is, is a benefit of this year's team because they brought back so many girls with experience from last year that and they all got better um, over the course of the offseason. Um, it, it's just a matter of can Belmont you know keep pace with that or slow down the pace and and control the pace of the game um, and keep that game close uh, because Columbia City has the potential, and they've shown it numerous amount of times, even against good teams, that they can get, they can, uh, get away from you uh, pretty quickly.
3: Now, what's impressive to me about Columbia City is the fact that they don't like to zone anybody, really. They, they will occasionally, but they love to man up. And when they demolished Norwell in early December, they 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 played man the entire game, and this is a team that's allowing just over 31 points per game. So it's it, in this day and age, I feel like it's very rare that you get a team playing that good a defense and playing that good man defense. And it feels like it's been uh, affecting even some of the better teams on its schedule, such as Norwell. Yeah, and
4: I think if they try to make it uh, you know a full court game um, when the opposing team has the ball. They try to you know, play, play like a three-quarter court press. I, I've seen them put that on before. Um, and just try to turn you over and try to speed you up um, and get you out of your comfort zone from what you, were, you know, trying to do and run your best offensive plays. They try to get you uncomfortable to where you're not able to move the ball and get to the spots that you want it or you're able to run your, your, your normal stuff. They like to speed you up, think quicker. Uh, maybe see an open passing lane when there's somebody off and, and they have the, the length and speed and the quickness to to force those turnovers that maybe you think there's an open passing lane there, but they're quick enough to jump into those at the last second and then, boom, they're headed off the other way. And that's what, you know, this team, like I said, with the, the experience they had coming back, they play so well together and they're able to, you know, if somebody's going to be here, they know that they can come help off on, on this side um, and they know that where they where they're at on the court um, and they're able to work together as a unit.
3: Bryce, staying on the girls' side of things, but looking at the Northeast Corner Conference, a big one coming up tomorrow with Garrett and Central Noble. That game will be at Central Noble. Garrett atop the league at 6-0, and and you have Fairfield and Central Noble lurking there one game behind. So in terms of that matchup tomorrow, Garrett 13 straight victories going into that one on the road. What should we expect?
4: Well, I think Garrett is firmly in control of the NECC after beating Fairfield uh, this week without uh, Taylor Gerke. Um, And I think that they they might be without Taylor Gerke um, for quite some time. But I'm hoping that she does um, eventually come back for the Railroaders. I think the plan is for her to eventually come back. Um, There's no specific timeline yet for her. But still, they are very effective without her. Um, And with the matchup against Central Noble tomorrow night, Central noble has two really good players um, that are going to lead them every single night. Um, it's, and it's just about them finding a consistent third and fourth score. Um, and it's kind of been different um, throughout the course of the season. So if, if Garrett is able to slow down Matt, vice and Megan Keeble, they should win this game effectively. And that's what, you know, Garrett has been able to lean on its defense um, in, in times um, when they're not able to generate enough offense. Um, but I think, this game will be pretty close because these two teams are, are very well coached uh, by Josh Trish and Bob Lapidot. Um, that if, even if you know, Garrett is without Gurkey, they still have four other girls that you know, can score consistently on any given night um, and are able to move the ball effectively. Uh, but it's defense that, that leads this team.
3: He is Bryce Fans, KPC Media Group, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. Let's uh, switch over to the boys' side of things and look at the Northeast State. Still just one conference game in the books, so a lot to decide on that side. And it'll be a Saturday uh, night full of any eight action. But as of right now, as we're close to getting into the thick of conference play, play Bryce, how would you break down the Northeast State at this point?
4: I think it's it's maybe a little bit more wide open than than we thought. Even though I still think that Leo is the top team, but I think that the middle class or or that the second class is is still very competitive. And the rest of the conference can beat um, any other opponent on any given night. You have plenty of teams that have you know one or two really good guys um, that can that can be really good and be effective. You know, with New Haven with Darion Brooks. Um, they, he can go off on any night. Zach Hubbard for Huntington North. Um, East Noble has Chris Hood that is not going to be able to match up. Uh, nobody, another team has you know, the ability to match up with him. Maybe Caden and Bontrager, even though he's you know, on the taller side, he's still not, not as, uh, as thick as, as Chris Hood. And they also have Spencer Denton, who's an effective playmaker as well. And then Connor Penrod with DeKalb. I mean, all these teams, Andrew Hedrick from Columbia City, all these teams have... This guy or, or a couple of guys that can go off on, on any single night, outside of the Leo team that has you know depth and has multiple guys that can that can go off and, and, and score and be effective. So I think that this middle class is going to be very competitive. I think maybe Leo does end up maybe dropping a game or two, um, but I think other than that, it's going to be a, a battle for second and second third place where you might have you know one or two losses uh, at the end of the season.
3: I feel like it's it's a very deep league. Uh, you mentioned Huntington North, and and they just got a, a good road win yesterday or a home win over Northside. Uh, no. Belmont's not bad. East Noble, you can speak to them; they're not bad. And, and and you look at Coach Beasley at DeKalb; they're doing some good things with some wins over you know Northside and a, a good Fremont team. So I, I feel like top to bottom this is a pretty deep league. Yeah, I like
4: what you said that there, there's no bad teams, and and that's not always the case. You know, you take, I mean, it depends on the size of the conference, but on, in the case of the NECC, there's, you know, quite a few teams at the bottom that, you know, are, are not as strong as they, they have been in the past or, or it just doesn't help with the depth of the conference. Whereas the Northeast State, it feels like from, from top to bottom, it, there's at least a quality team at every single class of, of, of the league. Um, and it's a challenge every single night that you're going to have to go out there and earn a victory. Um, and not just take any opponent lightly because, as we've seen in the past, you know, East, East Noble, you know, last year they ended up um, being winless in the conference, but they were right at the, the precipice of, of winning a couple of games in the conference, uh, but they just lost at the buzzer to Huntington North and I, and I believe Belmont last year. So it, it's, it feels like one of those years that the NEA, um, where maybe it, Leo is the best team and they're just marginally better than just a couple of other teams, but the, the teams behind them are definitely going to be feasting up on each other.
3: I think it feels, and it's cliche to say, but it just feels like every, every you know, Saturday night, it could be, would anything surprise you in terms of anyone beating anyone?
4: No, it I wouldn't surprise me. Like I said, I think Leo could end up with one or two losses in the conference, and, and that still might be good enough to beat win in the conference. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if East Noble goes down to Huntington North and, and wins tomorrow, even though Huntington North is playing really well, probably the best basketball of its season. Uh, but, you know, East Noble finally wins back-to-back games. to pick up a quality win on the road at Westview, the first time they've ever won at Westview in the Warrior Dome. Um, the other night, so they could go down to Huntington North and, and win. I, I expect it to be a, a competitive game regardless, um, but they just have, you know, I feel like on talent level and as far as depth on their roster, I feel like they're, they're pretty even, and I just don't feel like we've had that in maybe a, a couple of years where, you know, a couple of years ago, it was the top team with East Noble, with the Ali Ali, Brett Cox, and Hayden Jones, where they ran through the conference, finished back-to-back undefeated seasons, and then you had... You know, Leo last year with a, a loaded roster uh, that makes it all the way down to the Class 3A state finals. It feels like Leo is maybe not as talented as last year's team, but that just speaks to, the, I think, the depth of what is surrounding them in the conference.
3: Bryce, real quick, let's look at the Northeast Corner Conference on the boys' side. And I think, you know, we're all anticipating a Central Noble versus Side matchup that comes up on January 21st. But next week, we have the NECC. ...around Eastside with their great start and, and historic start, but Central Noble as well. I mean, we kind of take them for, a, for, for granted, but uh, it's a great start by them as well. So when we look at the hierarchy of the NECC, I mean, does it still run through the Cougs?
4: I think so, um, but I, I do think Eastside could present some challenges if they were to face um, in the NECC tournament and in their matchup later this month. That they could Eastside feels like they can play multiple different styles. They can slow the game down, which I think would probably be the most effective way to to beat a Central Noble team. And and their Eastside is fine with that. They're like they can slow the ball down. I mean, they, they won um, in the 30s against West Noble uh, last week. Yes, they had to win at the buzzer, but still that was a, a slow down game. Um, and Eastside never felt like they were out of it. They felt comfortable playing in that style of game, and that's the style of game that beat Central Noble. Um, that Busco used to beat Central Noble in the sectional last year. Um, and, that's, and for Central Noble, that, that could be an issue if they're not able to get out and run their offense um, and, and be effective in the half court. If, you know, a season is having just a slightly off night or if they're not hitting, getting a couple threes from Connor Lemon or Ryan Schroeder, um, it, it could be a style of play that, that could plague them. Uh, but I believe Central Noble is, is still in command. Um, they scored 90 points last night at Bluffton, um, had a really effective shooting night Connor season, season, um, is nearing the 2,000 career point mark. I think he's 42 points away, um, and they, they seem to bounce, you know, not, not bounce back, but seem to put their foot on the gas, and they really haven't in the last couple of games since making a statement down at Southport against bar uh, they kind of taken played down to their opponents just a little bit, um, but last night, they certainly did not do that.
3: Bryce, you know, staying with Central Noble here real quick, and we're going to talk to John Bodie a little later in the hour, but sitting at 10-0, and 0, ranked as the top team in Class 2A, they've played yeah. Bar-Reeve, uh, which has helped out um, with their schedule. Uh, but when you look at top to bottom, and, you know, they played Bremen, which, which was a good win on the road. Yeah, but do they have enough challenges on that schedule to prep for a two A playoff run? You know, I look at a Blackhawk Christian there lurking at some point that plays a more difficult schedule than Central yeah. Noble. I mean, Connor Sesian's great. I mean, but is this team putting itself in a position to maximize the challenges it's going to receive to be ready for the playoffs? I
4: honestly think that they've tried. Um, I, I think I, I've talked to to John Booty about this in, in the preseason um, that they you know they were happy that they got you know in uh, the chance to play down at Southport and kind of make a statement uh, against barreve I think they they play Southside, um, so they do get a game against an SAC team um, that I, I believe you know a quality opponent maybe not the top of the SAC um, but I feel like that they've tried I know but the the problem with them is they you know they had to play in the conference tournament which is has been four games last year. Then they had to play against 10 other teams in in the conference schedule. Um, so they're, and when playing in such a big conference as the NECC, it's difficult to find out of conference games. True, yeah. Um, and so it's, I think they've, you know, tried to squeeze some of these game, games in, like a Southside or or against a, a Bremen who's been a quality opponent or, you know, against maybe Wawa Sea, and maybe may not the best example, but they've tried to squeeze some of these games in against a Bar Reeve or, or something like that, but it's it's been difficult for them just with with what they have as far as the conference tournament and then the conference schedule as as a whole. So they only have about seven to eight games to play with, um, and I I don't know how far they actually want want to travel, but I I know they have tried to beef up the schedule in recent years.
3: Bryce, it is always a grand old time when you join the high school coaches show, and I appreciate it. I I appreciate you, Justin. (laughs) All right, buddy, take care. We'll catch up to you next week. Thanks, Justin. That was Bryce Vance joining us uh, from the KPC Media Group, uh, breaking down all the happenings in the NE8 and the NECC on both the boys' and girls' side of things. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Coach Chris Johnson of the Homestead Spartans. We'll talk his team, looking at 8-4, getting back in SAC play tomorrow evening and a big week coming up next week for the spartans as well all that and more when we come back you're listening to the high school coaches show 1380 the fan 100.9 fm
0: the Colts came up short against the Raiders last week and looked to rebound against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the regular season finale. The Colts can clinch a playoff spot for the third time in four years with a win in northern Florida. Join me, Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton on Sunday for countdown to kickoff beginning at noon, followed by game action at 1. It's winning your end in, in week number 18. Don't miss a minute of the action on Sunday here on your home for the Colts. Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.
2: What does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh. And a uh, wolf. Oh, a wolf. Uh, uh. Ooh!
1: What about the tiny dog? Cat. Ow. Owl. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Dolphin. <coughs> what does the turkey say? <coughs> whale. Yeah.
2: Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it
0: They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates. Social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A
1: message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan
3: at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show here on a Thursday evening. Coming up tomorrow night, it'll be SAC basketball, boys basketball, Northrop and Snyder. Of course, the Snyder Panthers uh, will match up with uh, the Homestead Spartans next week in what will be a very good girls-boys doubleheader uh, in the SAC a week from tomorrow. And the foe of the Snyder Panthers next Friday, uh, the head coach of the Homestead Spartans joins us right now, Coach Chris Johnson. Coach, how are you?
5: Good, Justin. How are you
3: doing? Uh, we're surviving, and, it, you know, it feels like with the high school basketball season, we get excited about the start of it, and then next thing we know, we're halfway through it, and I feel that's where we are uh, right now in early January. So, you know, at least through the month-plus of basketball that your team has played, how do you feel uh, they have performed? Where do you feel you're at?
5: Well, I mean, I, you know, I was hoping to be 9-3, and 10-2 at this point in time. I mean, we had a very tough schedule. Uh, We played the number one, the two, the three, the five, and six so far, and that's in the state of Indiana, and played a very good Kettering Alder team um, from uh, Ohio early on in the season, where they had uh, you know four starters returning uh, from their team from the past year that went I think 16 and 8, 15 and 8, something like that. So you know, uh, you know, I'm not disappointed. Um, I'm upbeat to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we were able to see some of our deficiencies, what we need to work on, what we need to improve upon. Um, and, and hopefully that will get us in a stretch come uh, January and February where we're uh, competing and playing for an SAC championship.
3: Coach, you burn around a minute. How, how important is it to have those challenges? that you you mentioned when you have a team with such high aspirations
5: well i mean i think it's good to have those challenges to see what you need to do to improve upon uh, you know i remember six seven years ago when we had one and those guys you know we played a very tough schedule with you know chicago curry and a team out of tennessee and um i i can't recall every every team that we played but you know, we were able to then try to figure out what we needed to do to get ourselves better. Snyder, I think, uh, I know, during that season, defeated us. Uh, had a kid named uh, Bates that is now playing for my Cincinnati Bengals. That, uh, <laughs> excited and watching, the, 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 look, look forward to every Sunday watching him play and Bengals play. Um but you know they knocked us off. and you know, we learned a lot from that, even though you know it's, it's a tough pill to swallow at this point in time and uh, and lose a game. Uh, hopefully it's a learning lesson of what we need to do to get ourselves better, to get our kids mentally, physically stronger, to uh, to get ourselves prepared for an SAC run, and also then once the uh, once the real season hits, come March.
3: Coach, a lot of the discussion around Homestead, you know, goes around Fletcher Lawyer, and, he, and he's been exceptional for you for this season. And, you know, how have you seen Fletch now take that next step forward now as a senior?
5: Phenomenal player. Um, understands the game. Uh, you know, he gets it. He, he, he knows the right basketball play. Um, you know, he's been around it a long time. His brother who plays now at Davidson. Uh, his dad, a big-time uh, college coach, and uh, now a scout for the Clippers. You know, he's around it on a, a daily basis. He understands it, um, and that's something from the coaching aspect. It's always tough to teach. You know, you want kids to where they understand the game, understand where the next play should be. That makes it a lot easier from my standpoint. Uh, you know, now it's a matter of trying to, you know, get everybody around him. We have very good talent around him. Um, and, you know, I just had a long talk with him today. It's just a matter of trying to make that right basketball play and then getting the, baskets, uh, the basketball to go in the hoop on a consistent basis. Um, you know, I think at times we take tough shots. We've got to improve upon that. And I think once we do, those shots are going to fall. Um, you know, any time that we, we played Hamilton Southeastern, we played Connersville, You know, right after tough losses against Fishers that morning and then a cathedral that morning uh, just last week um, where we played Hamilton Southeastern then in the evening, same way with Connersville. And we we made much improvements from just basically just moving the basketball and finding the open man. Our kids can make open shots, and that's what we want to do and make sure that we do. But one of the things we can't do is get ourselves behind Um, to where we have to play catch-up or go chase, and that's where we struggled in the fourth quarter against a very good Cathedral team last Thursday.
3: Coach Chris Johnson, Homestead Spartans, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, and Coach, I understand every every team's different, every team's built different and and all that, but when you look at the scoring average for this team, touch over 58 points per game, last year uh, a little over 75, do you feel for this team to reach its goal uh, of winning the SAC, winning in the postseason, do you guys need to score more? Or is this team just not designed like last year's squad?
5: Well, no. I mean, every team is different. Um, you know, I looked at uh, in just today, I was looking at some of the, the scores from our state team, and, you know, we had three, four, uh, five times, or five kids uh, uh, every once in a while scoring in double figures. We, we've got to be able to, to get that figured out. Um, we got to get other people involved to where we are, we are attacking the basket better, um, moving the basketball better. And I think if we do that, we're going to find those extra scores. Um, so no, I think that we can score. I think our defense has been there. I think we're giving up 48 points a game. And again, against very good competition, you know, we're not playing the Patsies out there. So, um, you know, I'm pleased with where we are from the defensive standpoint, Usually, if you can score, and what I've always you know, said to myself, if a varsity team can score in the 60, low 60, 61, 62, you should be a very competitive ball club. Um, we're close to that. I would still like to see a little bit more production. And again, like I said before, against a very good Hamilton Southeastern team who took Fishers to double overtime uh, a few days before we played Fishers. Same way with Connersville, who, who holds teams down into the 40s uh, on a consistent basis. You know, we scored 62 against uh, Connersville. We scored 65 against Hamilton Southeastern. And that's because I think that we, we made the extra pass. Um, we don't want to force anything. And I think once we understand that, we're going to be able to score a few more points than what we have been as far as the average throughout the year
3: coach when you look at the layout of the sac and it's so tough to after two conference games to, to kind of slot teams in but it's a lot of confusion you know you you look at a snyder team that uh you know got beat by by a north side team big that lost to Southside big and you know Southside is 2-0 and that's the team you guys have to face tomorrow but in terms of of this league and and how it's laying out it really looks like a it's cliche but it's you know, every Friday, you know, would, would anything surprise you at this point, Team A beating Team B?
5: It, it would. Um, very good uh, teams out there. Um, you know, Schneider, I've been watching them over the last couple of days. Uh, been keeping my eyes on them a little bit since we're going to be playing them in a the, the week or so. Uh, scouted Southside uh, with multiple games. You know, these teams are dangerous. Northside, who, you know, had, I think, won 15 games or so last year, who, you know, struggled a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, they're starting to get, you know, get in a little bit of their own and get into a rhythm. You know, very dangerous ball club. You know, just like what I said, you know, earlier on in the year, you know, we were fortunate to where we played at Dwanger. They're a very physical ball club who, you know, on any given night can beat anybody. So, um, you know, we have our work cut out for us. We understand that. We're going to take it one game at a time. Very tough opponent tomorrow in Southside, especially at their place. Uh, You know, I think that our kids, you know, like I said before, over the first 12 games, we played a very tough schedule. Hopefully we're going to put ourselves in a position now to uh, see what it takes, see where our deficiencies are, and hopefully go into months of January and February on a high note, to, uh, you know, again, take it at one game at a time to see where we stand against this uh, tough SAC conference.
3: All right, buddy. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Good luck tomorrow and and a big week next week coming up. Blackhawk and, of course, that big one coming up against Snyder. But first things first against the Arches. That's right.
5: Doesn't get any easier. Uh, You know, Blackhawk playing very tough basketball, 10 and 10-0. you know, have a few of their games, and, you know, we'll wait to see what happens tomorrow, and then we'll start focusing on Blackhawk and Snyder. Start the following week.
3: All right, buddy. Take care. I'll catch up with you. All right. See ya. See ya. That was Coach Chris Johnson, head basketball coach of the Homestead Spartans. Coach Johnson's team, 8 and 4 this season but as coach mentioned an incredibly difficult schedule that this squad has played and you look at a loss to kettering Altar on the neutral court in november and they lose to chesterton on a neutral court they lose to fishers by two uh in the carroll homestead classic you you fall to cathedral in uh the hall of fame tournament down in newcastle so these are not bad losses by any means for the homestead spartans their character building wins if any or losses if anything the concern that i have and i don't think i'm alone in this with homestead is can the spartans get that consistent scoring behind fletcher lawyer to be a competitive basketball team in 4a in march and i'm not sure that they're there yet they have plenty of time to get there for sure they have two months but they're going to need some steady, consistent play from guys like Andrew Leaper and Grady Swing and Grant Leaper and others. It can't just be Fletcher Lawyer night in and night out. So that's the uh, that's the, the the goal for Homestead. I feel over the next two months. Oh, and win an SAC championship as well. So tomorrow night, Homestead at Southside. One of the more interesting games on the schedule coming up in the city tomorrow night as Southside four and three, but their losses to Leo, South Bend Washington, and Mishawaka Marion. None of those teams are slouches by any means. And Southside has SAC wins over Northside and Northrop. So uh, stay tuned with a big game coming up tomorrow night uh, over at Southside. We're going to take a break. We'll talk some Central Noble Cougar boys basketball. We come back with head coach John Bodie. All that and more when we come back. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.
1: Scott Graham here from Westwood One with a preview of the NFL Week 18 Saturday doubleheader. First from Denver, it's the Chiefs at the Broncos. For Kansas City, the top AFC playoff seed remains possible if they knock off the Broncos. In the second game, two playoff-bound teams meet in Philadelphia with seeding on the line when the Eagles host the Dallas Cowboys. Join us for an exciting Saturday doubleheader. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Here's your 1380 The Fan Game Day forecast.
4: I'm AccuWeather's Holly Holder. Noticeably colder today, cloudy with a high of 20, very cloudy tonight, low nine, and partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 20. This weekend, cloudy on Saturday, rain on Sunday.
1: This is 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne Sports Station. Hear our podcasts, find our schedule, stream our shows. Find it all at 1380thefan.com or download the 1380 app now. I expect it to be a lot easier.
0: I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I was an MP,
2: military police.
1: My friends thought I could do anything. I missed my unit, my family.
2: Playing with my daughter, I I felt like a stranger.
0: I was
6: overwhelmed. I couldn't sleep.
0: I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next.
6: I was too proud. And then I thought, If I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it, too, right?
0: It started to open up. And it made a huge difference. So I reached out, and I saw that I wasn't alone. Because before I was able to take on my next mission, I had to take on just taking care of myself.
6: It's a fine purpose. purpose.
4: Go to
0: MakeTheConnection.net to learn how other veterans have overcome the challenges of transitioning out of the
1: military more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM.
3: Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Justin Kenny here on the High School Coaches Show. Thank you to Coach Chris Johnson, Homestead Spartans, before the break, talking some SAC hoops. And there will be SAC hoops on these very same airwaves tomorrow evening here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It'll be the Northrop Bruins, Snyder Panthers, the boys' side of things at approximately 7.30 tomorrow night. Of course, the girls' boys' doubleheaders in the SAC tomorrow uh, throughout the city. So you'll get the boys action tomorrow when that tips off Northrop and Snyder. And I imagine next Friday it will be Homestead and Snyder and potentially both girls and boys games here on 1380 and 100.9 FM. Big, big rivalry on both sides coming up next week with big sac implications but we're not talking just sac here uh we started off the hour talking to bryce vance of kpc media group we delved into the necc on the boys side we're going to do more of that right now with our next guest it's coach john bode of the central noble cougars coach how are you
6: good justin how are you
3: not bad coach and uh congratulations so far so good 10 and oh so you know you know perfect record which means a perfect team right no issues
6: yeah, yeah, there's no, no issues at all. It's, it's um, yeah, it's um, it's been a good start for us. But yeah, we're we're um, you know, just trying to trying to get better every day. And there, there's every year, no matter what your record is, there's issues you're trying to prove on and trying to make sure our kids aren't satisfied. And we're as we practice, as we work on things in games, we try to get better every day.
3: You know, Coach, I've, I've mentioned this earlier when I was talking to Bryce Vance and, and even talking to Coach Chris Johnson in terms of scheduling out of conference and something I didn't consider for you guys with such a big league and the NECC tournament in mid-January it can be difficult to schedule out of conference games. But take me through the process of what you tried to do, what, both in, in trying to showcase Connor Asisian, but also a team that has been very, very good to, to get them ready for a two-way playoff run.
6: Yeah, it's, um, you know, with, with contracts and, you know, most of them are four-year deals. And and then with our, our big conference schedule plus the tournament, it's tough to, to add. Um, since I've been in Central with my sixth year, you know, we've added Wawasee. We had to, we added DeKalb. Um, you know, we, we added um, Bar-Reed this year. And to do that, we had to put Lakewood Park on hold for a year to, to get the Bar-Reed game in, which was a, a good showcase for our our team just south of indy and a good showcase for connor just south of indy so there are some challenges with the big with the big conference and and um and with contracts it's it's hard to make changes um very quick
3: yeah i think that's definitely something we don't consider too often is those contracts you feel like maybe they're one or two years but as you mentioned four-year contracts uh, tough to, to get out of those. But, you know, Coach, when you look at what you guys have done, you mentioned the Reeve win. That was a dominant, impressive win. You go to Bremen and get a 17-point victory before Christmas. I feel like maybe that's an undervalued win for people looking at your 10-0 and record. But um, at least through the first now, close to the half of the season, I mean, do you feel like this team on track in terms of what you expected? Yeah,
6: you, you know, you, you mentioned the Bremen game. I, I, I do believe, you know, every year, you know, their their record, you know, maybe, you know, early on when I got to you Noble know, maybe five, six wins, and I think they've been a nine- and ten-win team the last couple of years, but they're a very good team, and the conference they play in, you know, at mitchell Walker Marion, Penn, um, all the South Bend schools in their conference, they, they have a very tough schedule, and, and they're they're usually a tough out in our section. We haven't gone to, this is my third year going to Bremen for, for a road game, and I think it's the first time that we... Um, didn't go overtime with them, and and our kids played really well against them. Uh, they're they're still a good team, and they're I think they were number nine in two A when we played them. They're going to be one of the top four or five teams, four teams in our sectional. We we could have four teams rated in the top ten in our sectional. Well, they could be one of them. But um, from for, as far as our team is, I, I I like our defense right now. Um, you know, we when we when we push the ball and then move the ball well, move the ball quickly on offense. We're pretty good offensively, um, just trying to eliminate any ball stoppages that we may, may get. But, you know, like last night at Bluffton, and I thought it was the best that we shared the basketball and finding the open guy from running our offense. So we're, um, we're making progress, um, keep getting better defensively, and um, we're showing some pretty good, um, pretty good improvements offensively right now.
3: Coach John Bodie, Central Noble is joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, Coach, I asked Coach Chris Johnson uh, earlier about his star player in Fletcher Lawyer going Division One and going to the Big Ten. And now I'll ask your, about your star player that's uh, going Division One, playing in the Big Ten, and what you've seen out of Connor Asesian and how he's improved and grown now as a senior. You know, I think um, one one of the
6: challenges for Connor, he's always been able, able to defend. I think the question of, Form was can he defend? Um, you know, at the Division One level, and I thought, you know, last summer he really worked at that. Playing against the competition, he played against every every game in the summertime. I thought he he proved that, and th- th- therefore he got the the Wisconsin offer and then some other big offers. But he, he's he's carried that over to our season. He, he's I'm not going to put him on the, the other team's best player very often, but he's he's not a. He's definitely improved his defense and he, he understands there's both ends of the court. And I, I've liked the improvement there um, offensively, you know, going into the year, how does, how do you, how does he improve offensively? He was, he's really one of the best shooters in the state as he comes off screens looking for a shot and his percentages have gone up. I think he was at 40% last year from three. And right now he's shooting about 46% from three. Um, and he, he gets tough, tough defenses every night is, I think we faced a diamond one last night. Um, every defense we face, um, they're shading him in some way and, and making it very tough on him. And, and um, he, he does very well moving, moving without the ball, finding openings. And he's got teammates right now. When, when people go to those um, the junk defenses, you know, Connell Lemon, uh, Ryan Schroeder, um, Jack Andrews are ma- making them pay by hitting jumpers. And then you got Logan guard that finds the openings inside. So, um, I think the more help he gets, the, the less of those
3: defenses he's going to see. Yeah, Coach, it's interesting in talking to you and then right after I talked to, to Chris Johnson because, you know, he he kind of hinted at, look, we're, we're going to need more from our complementary scorers. It can't just be Fletcher Lawyer if we're going to achieve our goals. And uh, I, I think he is in a position where that's not where it needs to be at this point. But for you, do you, do you feel like you have that supporting cast consistently? You know, you mentioned Logan and Ryan and, and Connor Lemon and Jack Andrews. Uh, are they consistent enough to, to be guys that are going to be able to step up and, and take this team uh, with Connor to where it wants to be? Yeah,
6: I, I, I really feel like the last, you know, I can't think of a game where this year where Connor didn't have some kind of help. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that the guys that I named and then, so in, you know, Connor's brother Sam, we have a supporting cast that can that can help Connor, um, and we're going to need that to make the tournament run we want to make. Um, we're not going to be able to make the run, Connor doing it by himself, and it's going to take a, it's going to take um, three or four guys that um, can also get it done offensively to, to help him out.
3: Coach, when you look at the uh, upcoming schedule, you guys get uh, Garrett at home tomorrow, and then the NECC tournament uh, next week, and then oh, a visit to Eastside after that. So, looking at the next couple weeks, you know, a couple pivotal pivotal weeks coming up for the Cougs.
6: Yeah, you, you know, we um, a big game tomorrow night, a conference conference game, trying to get the five and zero in the conference tomorrow night, and then um, the conference tournament week. Always a tough week if you, if you if you win. We're in a position where we'll probably be against um, teams that are top six in our conference. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, if we're lucky enough to get by Angola, we're looking at West Noble at home. If we're lucky enough to get by West Noble, we'd probably have Fremont at home, and then you got East Side or West. You're probably waiting on waiting on us in the finals. So, um, it's, it's a tough week. I think the, the last few years as, as we've won this tournament, we've we've gone the tough route. I think every I can't think of a, an easy one we've had. So it's going to be the same way this year where we're going to have to play four pretty good teams to to win it. And hopefully we can get it done again.
3: Coach, I feel, you know, we take, we take you guys for granted, 22 wins two years ago, 24 last year, you're 10 and 0, but this is a historic start for central noble, isn't it?
6: Yeah, we, um, I think I looked at it, um, and we haven't talked a whole lot about this. I think our kids know, but we haven't shared a whole lot, but I think in the mid nineties, central noble may have started off eight and 0 and, and with our, um, she was our last win against other than Bluffton. Last week, when we um, beat Westview, that was our ninth win, and that's the, the best start in, in school history since Central Noble has been a school.
3: That's outstanding. Coach, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, good luck preparing for Garrett and, and what will be a, a challenging week next week, starting with Angola on Tuesday. Appreciate you joining us.
6: Okay, thank you, Justin.
3: Thanks, Coach. That was Coach John Bodie, Central Noble Cougars, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. We're going to take a break, come back. We have some football news after the break, some uh, some some scuttlebutt coming out about the SAC and the future of the SAC in football. We're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM
1: here from Westwood One with a preview of Sunday Night Football. Week 18 wraps up the regular season in Sin City with a primetime matchup of AFC West playoff contenders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Both are 9-7. The winner will get the final spot in the playoffs. Join Ross Tucker and me for all the action from Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM.
0: The Brockman Heating and Air Conditioning Promise. On time, done right, or it's free. Brockman's, your independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Dealer. That's over 60 years strong since 1957, serving homeowners in the Fort Wayne area. And Brockman's has the most experienced techs to help you decide if you should repair or replace your unit. 423-4331. Call your independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Dealer. Brockman's Heating and Air Conditioning. On time, done right, or it's free. 423-4331.
2: First Responders Children's Foundation takes care of the children and families, the brave ones leave at home. Help us, help them. These are the beautiful voices of police officers, firefighters, nurses, and teenagers who remind us that we can come together and create harmony and unity. 24 365 to learn how you can help your first responder community today. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. Oh, I've been there. Huh? That sweater tied around your waist. I've been there. Heavy period. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? The record album you're using to cover your behind. I've been
0: there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do.
2: Huh? Your backward waitress apron, taking no chances. No. I've been there. Yeah, it makes you wonder what women... If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. When you lose more blood, you lose more iron. HUB may lead to another medical condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA.
0: Low iron from IDA can disrupt your everyday life with debilitating tiredness, headache, and weakness. But some people may show no symptoms. Learn about iron deficiency anemia and take a quiz to share with your doctor at I'm I that's i may have ida.com brought to you by healthywomen.org and daiichi sankyo inc.
1: Now back to the high school coaches show on Fort Wayne Sports Station 1380 the Fan at 100.9 FM.
3: Welcome back here to the High School Coaches Show. I am Justin Kenny, And coming up a little later this evening, Maryland and Illinois. 7 o'clock tip-off and be joined in progress here right after me. After that, it's Iowa and Wisconsin, a 9 o'clock tip. And that will be joined after the conclusion of the Terps and the Illini. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Luke Goody will get some playing time for the Illini tonight. Of course, a homestead product and... Uh, The Indiana Hoosiers at home tonight against Ohio State. That's tipping off here at the top of the hour as well. So a lot of Big Ten basketball uh, both on the air and uh, in action throughout the region, throughout the Midwest coming this evening. Of course, tomorrow night, it'll be SAC basketball here on 1380. The Fan 100.9 FM, Northrop Bruins, Snyder Panthers. Approximate tip off about 730. I would inch closer to maybe 745 potentially with that one. Uh, on the boys' side because I actually expect a really good girls' game before that with Katie Jackson's Northrop Bruins going in and facing Akilah Sims' Snyder Panthers. That's a Snyder team that's won 10 straight games on the girls' side. So uh, I think there's going to be two really good games uh, on Kilmer Court tomorrow night out at Snyder High School. So uh, we'll just have the boys' action tomorrow night. We'll pick up the action between the games. Uh, Again, Northrop and Snyder coming up on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm we're in the thick of basketball season but there's football to talk about uh per outside the huddle.net today uh the sac very close to big changes for football beginning in 2023 the story goes along to say um sac coaches close uh, to nearing an agreement on the adoption of a two-division format non-conference games and a potential Week 9 championship week for football beginning in the 2023 season. Now, a lot has been made about, you know, you can debate this, whether the, the SAC slate has gotten stale and it's the same teams playing week after week. You know, it seemed it didn't bother people for a long time. Now all of a sudden it's bothering people. Uh, but when you're looking at, you know, the, potentially the staleness of the schedule and you look at, in terms of 6A, no area 6A team has won a regional championship since the adoption of the class. Is that a problem? Well, it is a problem, but is the problem that, the carols the homesteads cannot go out and play similar sized schools in the regular season somebody would people would say that doesn't matter it wouldn't help them but i do feel it helps over the course of time you look if you're gonna beat a crown point if you're gonna beat a valparaiso if you're gonna beat uh, a Carmel, um you gotta play them you gotta see where that level needs to be raised so I feel like it would benefit 6A teams for being able to play those those schools. You look at a at the 32 or so teams in 6A, a lot of them around Indianapolis playing each other, and a lot of them are up in the region playing each other. And uh, you look at the SAC, and you you have two, you know, maybe three sometimes uh, when Northrop creeps up there or, or whatever. But by and large, it's it's Homestead, Carroll, and Warsaw, if we're stepping out a little bit into to North Central Indiana. So. Um, it's difficult for those programs, if they're not consistently playing 6A teams, to beat 6A teams in the playoffs or prepare for them. I, I really believe that. So what this plan would do would open up the first two weeks of the regular season for non-conference games. And it's, it's exactly what the Northeast State does. The Northeast State does not begin conference play until week three. So those teams in the NEA are playing non-conference teams, uh, non-conference games, weeks one and two. And I feel like there's a lot of good matchups that could potentially come out of that, you know, between the SAC and NE eight. We don't even have to leave this, the area to find some good matchups. You're telling me Leo playing a top team in the SAC wouldn't be a good game or East Noble or New Haven Northside or, uh, you know, looking at, at Bishop Lewer's east side, the way those teams have gone back and forth over the last three seasons. And that's just in the region. I mean, it, it, you look at what happened when, uh, you know, first Elmhurst closed and then Harding and you had two open dates on the SAC schedule. You had Snyder playing Penn and Bishop DeWenger playing Cathedral and Bishop Lewis playing, you know, Columbus Hartley and Toledo Whitmer. Just, you know, stepping out of the, the area and then, you know, looking downward, you, you saw Southside able to get some wins in some moment. And they're playing, uh, you know, teams they were able to beat. And and you looked at Northside playing uh, some teams out of the area, they played Huntington North a little bit. And, uh, and you look at, at Northrup that played Anderson and Muncie South and was able to get some wins. So I feel like it gives the momentum for maybe some of the lower-tier teams in the SAC as well to be able to step out and get a couple wins. Uh, I understand that, you know, for some teams, particularly that that are not in that, that, and I don't want to say it's a big school, small school, but, you know, that that, that lesser division, so to speak, um, you're losing something in terms of the quality of opponent, for sure, when you're not playing as many of those uh, big school division teams. But um, that could be a good thing. But uh, going back to this plan of action, weeks one and two would be non-conference. The T, the division or the conference would be split into two divisions. You would play everybody in your division, which would be four games. You'd play two crossover games, uh, which is two additional games. So you're at eight. And then week nine, it's kind of been discussed. Uh, this story says championship week, but I know there's been discussions on just maybe another crossover week, which then would would would, I would have the question: How are you deciding the SAC? Then are you just having two division champions, like the Northeast Corner Conference does? Um, that just doesn't feel right. But you know, I, I don't know. So there, there's definitely some things to work out with this. But I think the majority of this is going to happen. Uh, I, I feel like it's it's uh, it's very close to being formally adopted. Probably some tinkering here or there, but come 2023. I think like the SAC looks dramatically different. And I feel there. this isn't a perfect solution, but I really think that the SAC, it allows them to get out of the area. It allows them to showcase our programs, our athletes around the state, not wait till the postseason to do it, maybe get some respect, garner some respect around the state. I highly believe that Indiana Mr. Football, nobody has ever considered out of the Fort Wayne area, largely because the SAC is in a bubble from August to October. And, and nobody sees them outside of Allen County um, around the state. So this would be a allow, the teams and athletes to showcase similar to what we see in, in basketball, obviously more opportunities for non-conference and basketball. But you, when we talked to coach Chris Johnson about, you know, being able to play some of the top teams in the state, we talked to John Bodie about being able to add Bar-Reeve and add Bremen and play some teams that Connor and otherwise wouldn't be able to. And this team that has aspirations to make a run at a state championship this year to be challenged a little bit more. It's the same concept in football is if you are Bishop DeWenger, you don't want to be playing, you know, two, three, four games of in the SAC against teams that are not challenging you whatsoever. Because once you get into the 4A, 5A playoffs, you have to flip that switch. It frequently is that you're not able to do it. So uh, once again, this this story can be found outside the huddle.net. Once again, the uh, SAC very close to big changes for football beginning in 2023. That's going to do it for us here. Thank you to Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joined us uh, uh, right at the top of the hour. He kicked it off to talk some NE8 and NECC. Uh, basketball, and we also had Chris Johnson, head basketball coach, Homestead Spartans, and coach John Bodie, undefeated Central Noble Cougars, joined us as well. That'll do it for us. Coming back next Thursday, 6 o'clock, we'll have more exciting basketball action here to talk about uh, for everybody here at, uh, at Federated Media. I am Justin Kenney. This has been the iSchool Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Closing time.
1: Thanks for listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan. The high school coaches show with Justin Kenny on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Download the podcast at 1380thefan.com or wherever you get podcasts. 2022 is going to be a great year. Whether this virus goes away or not, make sure you catch all the big games and your favorite teams right here. Super Bowl 56. High school boys in girls' state tourneys, the Pacers, Purdue, Notre Dame, and PFW on the hardwood. March Madness. And before you know it, the Chicago White Sox and the Fort Wayne Tin Caps return to the diamond this spring. Enjoy the winter with us. Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The only game in town you've seen the cute insurance commercials on tv a bird wearing shades a guy with a catchy name and a colorful shirt and tan pants or a silly staff that favors all white clothing but do you really believe that companies spending millions and millions of dollars on clever tv commercials actually provide what you need most an insurance policy without tricky loopholes escape language or gaps no one wants a surprise when it comes to filing an insurance claim and that's why hoopy insurance services is a trusted advocate when it comes to coverage of what's important to you as an independent agency they work with with multiple companies to find the policy perfectly tailored to your specific situation for your home and autos if you have or are in the process of buying a new home the process is stressful enough so contact matt and the hoopie insurance
2: podcasts by federated media